You're listening to The Masters with Tiffany and Company on Monocle 24. Come with us as we meet pioneers from the fields of design, art, fashion, sport, music and more. Diverse fields, a range of talents. But what unites all these trailblazers is a certain mastery. A mastery of craftsmanship, of technique, of materials, of innovation to drive what they do. We'll hear about their life and their work and hopefully understand just a little bit more about how those notions have shaped them. Maybe too we'll divine a sense of the philosophy that's brought them here and might just inspire us in however small a way to follow in their storied footsteps. So far in this series, we've heard from accomplished visual artists who ply their trade on canvas and flesh, and from the likes of photographer and Apartmento magazine co-founder Nacho Alegre. Today, though, we're sitting down with Ronan Burilek, a designer who, alongside his brother Arwen, runs their eponymous design studio from the heart of Belleville in Paris. He welcomed Monocle's Augustin Machelari to the studio in the French capital to explain what drives him in his pursuit of excellence. So I'm Ronan Brulek, part of a studio which is called Ronan and Erwan Brulek. So Erwan is my brother. We worked together since almost 20 years. I started alone when I was around 20, so almost 30 years ago. Then Erwan joined me after some years as a, an assistant in a way. Quite quickly he showed how good he was and so very, after some years we decided to, to share and to sign together. So since it's almost uh, 20 years of work. It started in a very simple way, like family situation, when you need a bit of help. To be a designer is something quite difficult at the beginning. I was lucky to never work for nobody, because when I was a student, I started to do some objects that were produced by a small company, and I needed help. Uh, Erwan has always been a sort of nerd uh, and was a very good assistant. I didn't have to pay him, so <laughs> it was uh, very... Uh, convenient for me it's difficult to imagine now isn't it you know pre-internet now we have instagram we have all of these visual platforms to look at design to get inspiration but in a world before that i wonder whether there's like an object or whether there was an experience you had with design that really piqued your interest in the first place what kind of sparked your creative engagement with design I think there is a, maybe a misunderstanding about what design means in a certain way uh, and the sort of definition of this uh, discipline. For me, design is considered is a, what uh, didn't grow by itself on this earth or was there before the human arrived. So design is everything that has been built or conceived at a certain point is design. So you are surrounded by design everywhere. And I continue to value this sort of naive or uncultured in a certain way uh, situation. I do not go so much to see exhibition or I try to not look so much at things. When you know too much about everything, very quickly you feel trapped because uh, <laughs> there is so many subjects that have been... Uh, but when you don't know so much, of course you are searching around the same question, but very often your answer solution is, is different because it's your own answer. So I think it's an interesting period to, to be confronted to so many pictures, so many uh, input, uh, so many... Um, the big question is to, to try to deal uh, 
with intelligence uh, in front of all these images. I'm fascinated by that. I'm a very, I use Instagram a lot because uh, I found in Instagram the exact... Uh, I'm someone visual and, I, and since the beginning of our career to how to communicate our work has been very important. I think it's a question of uh, empathy. One of the most important things for a designer, I think, to have empathy. So arriving in a, in a workshop in the south of Morocco and then the week after being in front of injection machine producing chair by million. It's like being in front of a palette of colors. So you, you need to to understand it, to try to, um, with your sensibility, with a sort of point of view about the world, to try to, to find the good, uh, good answer. It's like, like cooking, so being confronted to tons of things and then to try to, um, to find a good answer. So you can be very intelligent, it could be very well done, but if there is too much salt at the end, it will be a disaster. Same for objects. We've spoken a bit about Instagram as a way of communicating with an audience or with clients or with the design community at large. I wonder if you use it for inspiration. Also, where else you look for inspiration? What kind of compels you to keep going? Again, I think you've touched on it. I think for all designers, there's a degree of problem solving, right? They see an area that they think needs improvement and then they work at it until they've done that. But you know, is that true for you? What else drives your practice? I like to be just in front of the subject, in front of the problem. And uh, I never start a project, from depending on the subject, of course, but uh, if the subject is craft or a specific technique, I never start to think before having spent uh, half a day uh, or a day or more in uh, near the people working and to try to understand the movements as how they deal with things, or difficulties, or what can we do in a better way. Um, I like to be confronted to problems and situation, people, and so it's it's a question of how you will charm them enough to <laughs> to to arrive to do something interesting, or you will uh, provoke uh, the situation that they will feel passionate by the situation, or to create uh, yes a team of people that want to, to participate to something in which again it's uh, we are confronted a lot of different situations we need different type of strategy so again from craftsmen in Japan that uh, do not speak English and of course not French uh, when you have to to share sketches and uh, techniques that didn't uh, change since 100 years and then doing I don't know the in Fontaine, for the Champs-Élysées, when you have to deal with the politics and people that uh, want to destroy <laughs> the project by principle because it has been organized by um, people that they don't like. So it's not the project itself that is a problem, <coughs> it's, uh, it's a political uh, aspect. Uh, so it's a different type of strategy, it's a different type of um, organization, and you need to to be extremely <laughs> convinced by a project and you need to convince people in, in some different uh, way. Constant negotiation in different areas. Yeah. How do you negotiate? You know, you, you mentioned craft and processes that haven't changed for a century. How do you balance 
engagement with that against you know new materials new processes i noticed that you have two 3d printers in the studio is it it seems like quite a fine tightrope to walk do you think that designers today have a kind of responsibility to engage with modern fabrication practices at the same time as keeping these more traditional methods alive yes <laughs> so, so the answer is in the question for me it's like colors so and I want to use all, all the colors that are existing, so from old colors, so from, it means, I don't know, rough uh, iron, for example, uh, I'm passionate by that, uh, Laker in Japan, Kilim technique in, the, in Afghanistan or Pakistan, uh, all that are techniques that exist since centuries and centuries, but I'm passionate to try to be confronted to so many answers so, and to do something new it's something quite challenging and I like that of course when you use a new material you are the first so it means that uh, the competition is not uh, exactly the same but of course uh, new material is a marvel to, to look at it but uh, it's always the same thing you need to the fact that you are the first to use something do not make that you are project is, uh, is good. It's, it's just that you, you're lucky to be the first. But uh, yes, um, it's like uh, having uh, to discover a new pen or a new pencil or, of course, new material. What's your process from recognizing the need for a new article hmm. to through designing it to eventually manufacturing? How does that work? So again, it Due to the different type of project we are confronted here, there is a different way to... And as I don't want that we repeat ourselves, we do not apply the strategy, enfin, a process that is... Uh, so it's based on a lot of discussion, a lot of thinking, of course. Then we mix different ways to search. So it means that from drawing, which is something very important for me and Erwan, to mock-up. So we've got a third of the studio is a prototyping room, in a, in a way, so in which we do a lot of things with clay and cardboard and, uh, and tape. So we always work on one-one scale, because for me, turning around something is very important. So then we've got 3D printer. Then, as we are lucky designer, we work with companies that do a lot of prototypes. So we ask for a lot of prototypes. So every day there is things arriving in the, in the studio. So if we take a, a chair as an example, very often when the prototype arrive here, the first thing is that I don't want to look at it. I want to sit on it and to touch it, just to have a sort of first point of view. It is not a question of the proportion or the elegance or not. It's more the question of the sensual aspect of a, yeah, because on a chair you can spend a boring dinner during hours, so it means it's very important that uh, comfort or the, what happens is, uh, is something correct. So when it's a question of, of textile, uh, it's more complex, so we work more with a print and a printing machine. I have a certain romanticism around the research, and I, I think that it's not because you are so very well prepared that you will find a good solution. It's not because you applied... Uh, I value a lot uh, the fact that by mistake or because you are searching on another 
subject, you find a good answer for the other one. So I, I very often notice that I need, a, I, I like pressure and I like being in a passionate uh, way with, uh, with project. We deal with a lot of projects in the same time, and I, I like that. I'm a sort of, um, I want to do a lot of things. I feel old now, and I want to see projects around. Uh, I want existing. Um, I can't imagine not being excited when a prototype arrives. Mm-hmm. Is it always an exciting feeling to see, you know, this object that you've been designing realized for the first time? Yes, it's very exciting to when a box arrives in the in the courtyard and, uh, and <laughs> that you open it. Of course, it's, uh, well, it's a lot of fear too. It's uh, you, you, uh, design process is so long, but I think in yeah, it's years of work uh, between the starting point, the idea in the first sketches and the fact that it's uh, in front of a shop or in the kitchen of a friend of you. It's a very, very long process. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still passionate after decades of work. And uh, yes, to to look at things, to discover things, to, yeah, it's something that uh, it's very important for me. Have you ever designed jewellery? We did it sometimes. First, it was the Icelandic company. <laughs> then uh, Cartier were interested by, by us. And so we designed some jewel, but they'd never been produced. And then uh, for Galerie Creo, we did some uh, necklace. And I like to do uh, jewel, but it's very, very complicated. In general, I hate uh, designer, furniture designer, industrial designer jewel because uh, they are doing objects and, and you feel it. So there is a relation to the body that is um, that it's, uh, very specific there. It's like doing fashion is something totally different. I like to do it, but I, I know that I'm not good for that. So Jewel is just in the in the middle, and sometimes I think we we did interesting things, but uh, it's a very, very specific thing that uh, it's, again, this question of relation with the body, how it moves, how it exists in the in real life of someone going to, to work and then being in a dinner. So it's as everything you need to learn a lot to have a very good answer. So sometimes being uh, out of it, you can have a sympathetic or very good idea, but uh, it's difficult. Yeah. How do you know when, I mean, obviously you receive commissions, but when you're working, when do you know that a project has legs? At what point are you like, this is something that we need to push through this is something that we have to finish and when do you abandon things got a lot of problem to find satisfaction so it's uh, sometimes you find that it's okay but uh, i'm very critical with projects that we are doing so and that it's something difficult so for assistant or company we are working for because i can after years uh, considering that it's not good enough and asking to stop and to restart uh, the research so I have always felt in my life that I'm. It's like a dream or, or a nightmare when you when you are running after something that you try to touch. And uh, I think that I'm running after the projects that will, after years and years, being a, a good one, and then I could stop because I will have uh, touched what uh, a level or something that I wanted to. Ronan Borilek there in conversation with Monocle's Augustine Machilari in Paris. You can find out more about Tiffany and Company's men's collection by heading to tiffany.com and searching for men's jewellery. 
In the episodes ahead, we'll be meeting more inspirational innovators across fields like design, art, music and more to find out how they've mastered their craft and become industry trailblazers. Next week, we'll be speaking to another brilliant innovator, Sam Bompas, one half of iconic, experienced designers, Bompas and Parr. That's all for today's edition. Thanks to our editor, Holly Fisher, and our production team here in London. I'm Tom Edwards. This is The Masters with Tiffany and Company on Monocle 24. Thanks for listening.